Vibe Talks. Vibe Talks. More than just music. This is Aaron Suretsky reporting for Vibe 105. Black History Month is a time to remember and acknowledge African Americans and African Canadians that have made and currently make an impact in the world and more specifically their community. With me to discuss is Director of Operations of Full Court 21 in North America, Will Strickland. How are you doing today? I'm great, Aaron. Yourself? I'm doing excellent. So first off, what does Black History Month mean to you and your community? Well, I won't be able to speak for my entire community, and I would never deign to do so. Um, but I will speak to what it means to me. I don't really know what Black History Month is. I understand it as a construct. Um, but black history is every day for me. So um, every day that I'm awake, every day that I do something is black history um, because it's a part of the overall story of history, whether it be Canadian, American, or whatever the case might be. So, you know, growing up, I understood the, the value and, and the viability of Black History Month. They actually started out as Black History Week, um, which was amazing. They give you, you know, a Black History Week in the short shortest month of the year um but right. um you know and that's why i say well you know it's black history every day for me when barack obama was elected presidency of the united states yes every day he sat in the white house was black history every single day the ex-president of the united states is black history but it's not always about the the, the our ancestors and the people who are on the wall but the regular everyday people, and I hate to say regular or normal, whatever the case might be, but people out here make black history every day. And I'm one of those people, so that's how I look at it. Can you uh, share some of your uh, personal experiences regarding Black History Month? Um, for example, uh, who did you idolize? Looking at people that, that I looked up to um, didn't fall within one specific month. Um, you know, they are honored. You know, everyone from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to Malcolm X to Frederick Douglass to Marcus Garvey to Fred Hampton, you know, to Muhammad Ali to LeBron James to, you know, uh, Barack Obama, you know, to my son, to my father, to my uncles. In some shape, form, or fashion, we're all a part of the continuum of creating and honoring African heritage in whatever country, the 49th parallel didn't, you know, crossing the 49th parallel from the United States and the Canada didn't stop me from being black. So I honor and respect that everywhere I go. It's like the American Express card. I can't leave home without it, so I don't. And I look at it in a way that um, I have to honor the legacy and, and, you know, the greatness of all those people I named. And, and, and naming all those people, I am remiss not to name other women or other or name women and that because women are my sheroes as well. You know, yes. whether you say Shirley Chisholm or Mae Jemison or, or you know, the, the, uh, CJ, Madam C.J. Walker, you know, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, like I can name my mother, my sisters. I, I could do that all day. But what I'm saying is that I acknowledge in every shape, form, or fashion that we all have a part in contributing to what we like to call black history. Absolutely, uh, 100%. And an athlete um, that has made an impact, you know, for black history and just um, just in general is uh, Kobe Bryant, who tragically passed away with his daughter Gianna and seven others in a helicopter accident. 
Do you have a story or favorite memory of Kobe that you would like to share? Um, yeah, I, I guess I could share something about Kobe Bryant. I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan, but, you know, I respected his work ethic. I respected honoring of his craft. I respected that he was able to transition from a relentless drive within his field of choice, which was basketball, and transition into life as a father and being fully engaged and being a father and seeing that his daughter had a passion to do something that he loved doing as well, and he jumped full on into that. It wasn't all, well, she's a girl, she's not going to do the same thing. He embraced her as an equal. He looked at women in basketball as having the same as having the rights to have the same opportunities as men or, or however you gender identify um, as anyone else as far as Kobe meeting him once in passing, you know, I, it's hard to believe uh, that he's gone. Uh, still in a lot of ways, speaking about him in the present tense, but blessings, love and light go to, you know, his family and, and, and his loved ones, his friends and his foes um, to move forward and kind of celebrate, you know, the good and bad. And, and legacies are complicated. You know, there'll be people that'll... Yeah talk about the things he did wrong and, and we're all, you know, as guilty uh, of doing something that maybe not on the same scale, but um, legacies, especially for great athletes or, or, or people who are in the spotlight, celebrities, whatever the case might be, people who make public history are uh, always complicated. They're never straight lines, but nothing is. And so, you know, while we celebrate the greatness of his athletic feats and his ability to, to, to reclaim his life and be a, a good father to his children, a good husband to his wife, a good friend to, uh, you know, to his friends. Um, two things can be true in the same space. And the thing, you know, the things that he's done, the transgressions he's had are also real and viable, but we're going to celebrate as much as we possibly can the wholeness and fullness of a human being who uh, had transitioned into the next chapters of his life and chapters we will never see. So, um, Rest in peace and power to Kobe Bryant and all the, the people who perished on that helicopter. The thing that I loved about Kobe was just as uh, you touch about his his resiliency. Like he would play so many games through injuries, like broken fingers, and just dominate. I remember there was a game right where he torn his Achilles, and then he stayed in the game and made a couple free throws. And that just resiliency, right? I just found to be so inspiring. No doubt, no doubt. I think. You know, it speaks to the resilience of a group of people who have been marginalized um, in North America in particular um, to the degree that uh, their entire lives and everything about black life has been policed. And so you, you rise and you achieve, no matter what the stigma, uh, stigmas are that are placed upon you. Um, so that is definitely something that is reflective uh, that I can say that of the, the, you know, a great part of and great majority of the community that I can stand up for and I will, will stand behind. And uh, you mentioned it uh, briefly, right? Uh, last couple years after retirement, Kobe was coaching his daughter Gianna, uh, making an impact in a youth basketball program, uh, which is similar to you making an impact in Canada and GTA community at the grassroots level, being the director of basketball operations of Full Court 21 Basketball. Can you briefly explain what it is and its goal? Well, Full Court 21 is the world's most unique basketball tournament 
Um, it's not one on one, two on two, three on three, four on four, five on five. It is you against the world. No teammates. Bring your game. Get busy, and of course, do work. And it's the only application of basketball uh, in the world that's one on five. And it's basically a game that we played, and is the genesis of our basketball playing experience. You know, once you leave the parents' backyard, playing off the garage, or playing the driveway against your brother and sister. You go to the park, and you don't go as a rep team, or you don't go with a team already set. You go down, and you play against who's ever there. And it could be, you know, a, a guy who probably played in university or college, might be playing pro who's out just trying to get a workout and get some run in. Right. There's an older guy who's been at the court since they probably built the court. He's out there talking crazy to the young guys, and every once in a while they make a shot, and it's the greatest thing that happened to him that day. And then there's the guy that's wearing an entire Toronto Raptors uniform but can't play basketball at all. These are the people that are a part of the community. We are a community-based, grassroots-driven organization that celebrates being outdoors and, and playground basketball. I'm going to call it street ball because it's a pejorative. Um, playground basketball is the same thing as NBA basketball. The rims are 10 feet. The ball is still round. The rim is still, like, it's all the same thing. It's just a different dynamic. You're outdoors, you're indoors, and there are different rules. You modify the rules based on the, the situation. And so um, this is an invention of a friend of mine by the name of Bobito Garcia, one of my best friends in the world, um, a son of Puerto Rican immigrants who overcame a lot in his life um, from sexual abuse to, you know, being marginalized as, you know, you're a small Puerto Rican cat. Why do you want to play basketball? Why, do you, why are you into hip-hop culture? And yes. for everything and everyone questioned about him, he just overcame those things. And I think that's where we share a common bond is that, you know, we don't pay attention to what those outside of our, our spheres of influence say. We just do. While people talk, we do. And I think now that this thing is spread to over 40 cities on four continents around the world and played all world finals in New York City, again, it's about building community. It's about being inclusive and participatory and creating a portal where young people of you know, all ages, we have different divisions, uh, 14 and 17-year-old division, uh, boys, girls, or every gender identified, as yes. well as the 18-plus adult open, um, males, females, however gen gender identified, uh, to play in this tournament. You know, the things that we're building from this, looking at this possibly being an Olympic sport, trying to grow something, that's black, that's, you know, not just black history, that's history. Because when you set your mind to something you want to accomplish, and then you figure out how to go about it. You plan your work, you can work your plan. That's what we're doing. And it wouldn't happen without the, the, the generosity of our sponsors, without the participation of men and women, boys and girls, uh, whoever you gender identify from all around the world who love basketball and who see that this is a language we all speak and that by being able to come together for that one thing, there are a million other things that we can do together. So that Full Court 21 is really about community. It's about commitment. Um, you know, it, it's about, you know, really embracing the, the greatness that is all of us and not just one group or another. And it's so imperative to have uh, these programs and tournaments, right, at the grassroots level, you know, to grow the game and, you know, and it goes far beyond basketball, right? Like the characteristics, I mean, what a person can take out of the the program, right, can go far beyond basketball. One would hope. 
Some people just want to play for the sake of playing, and that's okay, too. Like, we don't try to govern the rationale or reasoning behind playing. We just want to create the opportunity and facilitate the environment for that to happen. And during the course of their involvement and engagement with Full Court 21, if they so happen to connect with someone who takes that experience beyond just the actual playing surface, then we've done our job in creating this, the situation. We can build the well, but people have to choose to drink from that well, and that's up to them. We don't try to force that. Right. I think that's the, the kind of organic um, um, way of creating relationships and bonds that can never be broken because once you participate in Full Court 21, you know, you create a global family. I think that this thing from 2013 when we first started doing it just in New York to how it's grown now and we have interest from, you know, um, the big three Ice Cubes League, who's now called the Fireball Three, um, and having our, our male winner have a tryout with one of their teams, you know, that, that, that was not an avenue that you can find some success in the sport before until we started doing this and making those relationships. You know, whether the WNBA just struck a landmark collective bargaining agreement with their players that, that our women's champion has an opportunity to go and try out for the New York Liberty or one of the WNBA teams. I think that's an amazing thing to be able to go to the combine. Or the new African League um, that we had our players uh, have an opportunity to go to the combine to possibly play in the African uh, Basketball League sponsored by the NBA um, and, and, and supported by uh, Toronto Raptors President of Operations, Masai Jury. So creating these opportunities for young people who might not have had those before is something that we looked at as paying it forward. And again, when we start, we're talking about black history or history in general, we're creating history every day by doing these things and creating these opportunities for people that are not us. You know, our, it's our job to pay it forward. We feel like we have an obligation not only to our community, but to the community at large, to provide as many opportunities for success and avenues for success as possible. And another platform, uh, you know, to spread uh, black history and to, you know, keep it going is uh, through print, right? And uh, you are also a journalist for Press Basketball, where you wrote basketball stories for a broader audience, which focus on hard-hitting themes such as racism. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Uh, with press basketball, I, I wrote a column called The Open Run, and I took basic topical issues to talk about the Raptors and tied in personal stories and anecdotes of mine into those stories um, to kind of, like, address certain things, um, whether it be, you know, um, unfulfilled potential or, or things of this nature. And you talk about racism, and we talk about sexism, you know, we talk about uh, the difference between being a fan and a fanatic. You know, um, unfair expectation, um, immigration, you know, utilizing sport as a platform to speak about all these many issues. And um, it was something that's dear to me because I can write a linear story. You know, the Raptors beat the Detroit Pistons 102 to 94 yesterday. That's easy enough to write. But what are the stories behind the stories? I've always been interested in those stories and how they affect not only the players that play the game and basically humanize people that we canonize in a way that we don't look at them as human beings. They don't have the same hurts, wants, fears, you know, idiosyncrasies as we have, but they do. You know, they have to pick those kids up from school, and their yeah. kids do get scratches on their knees, and they're human beings. I think because we see them in this light as above somehow, you know, the idea, and to go back to Kobe Bryant, 
he's gone is almost unfathomable for some people because we believe that he is invincible. You talk about fighting through injury. Yes. And all the things he did. Like, it doesn't seem real that he's gone. And that's the pedestal that sometimes we put athletes and celebrities and, and heads of state on because we can't believe that these people who have achieved so much in the public eye are as, you know, as malleable and, 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 and can break and bend like we do. And, and Kobe, right, and a guy like Kobe is viewed as a hero, a legend of his craft. And, um, and yeah, it's just, you know, and for me, right, it's, it's still hard to believe that the events, the tragic events happen, but sadly it did. But, like, right, legends never die, right? So, you know, as long as, you know, like, he's in our hearts, right, he should, he'll always be with us. Well, I mean, that's the same when we look at and I think what's important is to look at not just Kobe Bryant, but all the people that I discuss, whether it be, you know, my mother, my son, my father, blessed dead, um, to, to all the, the Barack Obamas and the Michelle Obamas and the Oprah Winfrey's and, and Tyler Perry's and whoever it is that have done things to, to move forward the idea of black excellence and greatness and, and being black, but also make that a part of the uh, larger fabric of society and of community at large, I, I, I believe it is the objective, you know, is to make sure that we never forget those things and that we also embrace the spirit of those things and what we do so we can be a part of that same patchwork quilt. 100%. Uh, before we go, uh, how can listeners follow you on social media and keep up to date with uh, Full Court 21? Uh, we can be found on social media uh, at Full Court 21CA, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, it's the best way to find out about it. We're going to do a launch in April with the dates and locations for the Canadian stops, as well as the rest of our global stops. We make our first global stop of the 2020 campaign in San Jose, Costa Rica. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, like I said, we're in four, on four continents and 40 cities around the world. Um, this is really a global phenomenon. And we end up learning so much more about ourselves than, than people learn about basketball. And that's really the goal here is to say, like, I can't speak Spanish like you can, but show me something, tell me something. And the conversations become more about um, things outside of basketball than they are about basketball. But basketball was the thing that brings these communities together. I think that's very important to us. So you can look out for us there um, on, on, on social media at Full Court 21 CA. Uh, well, thank you, Will, for taking the time to be on Vibe 105 today. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, so for Will Strickland and Vibe 105, I'm Aaron Zaretsky. Let us know what Black History Month means to you at Vibe105TO on all social media platforms. And now back to your Vibe, Vibe 105.